Hi everyone, this is Spiritual Jada from the Wicked Wisdom Podcast Show. I hope everyone is well and enjoying the weather. Uh, it's about time we had some good weather, you know? So anyway, we have a very special guest tonight, um, David Paris, who is an educator from New York City, my hometown. Um, and he has spent 25 years teaching uh, dance, communication, literacy um, in cities all over uh, public schools. Um, his main one is at MS88, if anybody is familiar with that, where he serves as a coordinator, a staff developer. He has many hats. Um, he's also passionate about aerobic dancing, which is pretty... I love dancing, so... I think this is great. Um, him and his dance partner, uh, Zoe Klein, if I'm saying the name correctly, were actually semi-finalists on America Got Talent. Plus, David has taught and performed in 26 countries and created 13 instructional DVDs. So he definitely has an extensive background. So hi, David. Tell everybody about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, and I'd love to connect all those uh, things from a spiritual perspective. So, so excited to be on the Wicked, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I look forward to, to having this great conversation. Yeah, so I have a few different hats. Um, I'm a social-emotional learning teacher for the last four years. Uh, that's where the schools finally wised up and, and said, hey, look, we need to educate kids not just on content but also what it means to be um to connect to your values to connect to your community connect to yourself um where kids are concerned they they'll come with questions about what it means to be a good friend um how to pursue their own goals and i have been a joyous leader of that work in my school and around the district and um i gotta say it's so much fun to go to work wow and um that's one of my hats. I'm also an acrobatic dancer with uh, Zoe Klein from Paradise of Dance. And yeah, we were semi-finalists on America's Got Talent. My mind, we still could have won it. And we're going we're gonna to try one more time, I think, this next year. And then I'm also an author of a whole bunch of books. I just recently wrote a COVID story, uh, which was about three months in the hospital and a month in a coma with COVID. Oh, and my gosh. Yeah, so every day is a blessing for me, and and that book is a testimony to, hey, look, this thing is real. <laughs> Some people think it's still a hoax, and uh, I can tell you, um, it's not. <laughs> My brother was uh, one; he got sick for a week. He was fine, same same age, same height, and I was, uh, I, I got hit. I was the sickest person in um, in the hospital with COVID. Who survived? Everybody else who was sick as I did didn't make it. So, wow. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you definitely are supposed to be here. I don't know how people are, like, really thinking, like, this is a hoax because, like, at least one or two people out of every single person's family has been affected. Um, I was actually out uh, with COVID. This was, like, December 2019. Before, I guess, it was already, uh, like... I guess, mention on the news because from what was told that it was out in October, but we didn't get like, you know, insinuations and stuff like that from the president until February of 2020, unfortunately. So I don't understand how people are not really understanding that. But I think that's amazing that you were able to really sit down and write about your experience. 
that's yeah I had to you know people um, it wasn't easy it was very painful to go through all the memories um, but my story is not really my story my story is a community of doctors and nurses and and uh, my family and spiritual advisors who came together so I I interviewed them all um, and as best as I could I tried to make it humorous like you know one thing is when you wake up from a coma it's kind of bad but you do lose a lot of weight which has always been an issue for me my Amazon account suddenly was zero for a few months which was great until I saw the hospital bill and there goes that money but I, right. I tried to keep it lighthearted and and um and show the intimacy of what it's like both uh both as a struggle and, and, and as, as an honor and also to share for those people who don't know what it was like to give them a picture of what it was like. And then for those people who actually experienced COVID, um, you know how uh, well, not everybody had a severe reaction, but those who do know that like it's far worse than what's being said. And, uh, you know, they talk about brain fatigue and, and all the other side effects, but often it's much worse than that. And I know. So I address that in the book. Yes, I do believe that, um, like, I have asthma. So once I had the COVID, I still feel breathing effects till this day. So if anyone doesn't believe it's real, it's really real. Like, seriously. Um, also, when where could uh, people actually get this? You know, because I know you st- stated that you have a few books. Where can um, some of the clients can be able to get your work that's sure you can check it out um on amazon or you can go directly to my website davidparisbooks.com and anybody who would like a free digital copy just email me it's my pleasure to share my story um and i also have other um because i'm an adolescent teacher or teach adolescence reading also for 20 years i wrote three um three books and about to come out with the fourth for reluctant readers very very funny stuff um and two satires about Trump's presidency once his election and through the eyes of middle school president. Um, very fun stuff. Check it out. David Paris Books or on YouTube and you can see, um, yeah, you get a taste of uh, what, I, what, what I'm sharing. Okay, definitely. I, I will definitely check it out. I'm always down for a new book, you know. Um, so what actually made you, like, begin this career? Like, you know, going out your way, you know, teaching kids dance, communication skills. And I think communication is so prevalent, especially with the teenagers. I have a teenager as well. And it's like the communication is like, it's like a dead tone on a phone, you know? So I think that's pretty good that um, you definitely have that in your background. Yeah, well, I learned because um, in my marriage, the, I was, we fought a lot and I knew I, if I could just communicate with my partner why she was wrong, I knew that I could save the marriage. And if you haven't figured it out already, we're divorced. And um, I didn't know how to communicate myself. I thought I did. And I got training in this uh, technique called nonviolent communication, also known as compassionate communication, where if you connect to what you're feeling and what universal need that you want for yourself and then you can connect to the other person what they're feeling what they're needing amazing dialogue can happen so you step out of what's true and what somebody did to you and um if you stick to just where you're feeling and what the other person's feeling um amazing dialogue can happen and 
Uh, I learned it too late for my own marriage, but now, thank God we're still good friends and dance partners. And that happened because of good communication. And then I teach that to my middle school students. So not, and not only does that transfer to their lives as they handle, um, better relationships i'm pretty sure that's going to improve the marriage uh, success rate down the line so i'm very very excited by that right right definitely definitely so um throughout all of the work that you do do um what do you feel is like your your biggest failure because i know a lot of people you know, a lot of people are not acceptable to failure, but a lot of people have to understand some things you might have to do it like four or five times, fail at it in order to get good at it. Sure, sure. Uh, my favorite story I'd like to tell, we, I, I was on season four for America's Got Talent. And what I like to say is that wasn't the first time we tried out. We tried out in season two with almost the exact same routine, the exact same performance that we did in season four. And when we did that, um, we didn't get, we went to the Jacob Javits Center for those New Yorkers who know. Right. 10,000 people were trying out and we went to the assistant, assistant producer for the first round. We didn't get beyond the assistant. He'd say, they told us, oh, we'll call you. Um, we left and I called them for 90 days saying, hey, why aren't you calling me? I couldn't believe they weren't accepting us. Um, that was a failure. I don't know if we could have done anything different. Um, but we tried again with almost the exact same routine. And what was different was that we had a better story. In season four, we just got married. Um, there was a little bit more connection, a little bit more love. And then we made it pretty far. We made it to the top 20, which we were very excited by. Could have made it to the very top. We made a mistake at the end. Um, we have this great trick. The, the, the best trick is that you can check it on uh, YouTube if you look up Paradiso, P-A-R-A-D-I-Z-O, dance.com or dance on YouTube. And um, the best trick is my partner is 100 pounds. I'm, I was 240 at the time. She lifts me over her back and then I also sit in her lap with my legs up and the crowd goes crazy. And as good as that was, they said, oh, you have to do something better. So in the next routine, I lifted her up by her ankles on the side. And that was a routine that even circus artists said, I don't know how you did it. But then on the next round, we had a special trick where I was going to spin her over my head with one finger. And I knew if we did that, we'd have it. But I knew I only had one last trick. And so we made a mistake and saved it for the finals. And we didn't make the finals. So, um, I don't know if I see things in terms of failure. I definitely had lots of setbacks and challenges that I re-looked at and said, you know, lots of things didn't work, but absolutely, I don't think anything's ever stopped me. And um, the only failure has been not trying. And have I, in that case, have I done something that I haven't tried? That's not my character. <laughs> That's like, I want something, I'm going for it. And uh, making mistakes along the way or it not happening, it's just a matter of, you know, I got involved in acrobatic dance because I saw um, I was in Guatemala trying to learn Spanish to uh, speak to my students' parents who only spoke Spanish. And I saw this really ugly guy uh, dancing with all these beautiful women. And I thought to myself, I got <laughs> What, what is it that he's doing? And he was dancing salsa. So I came back to New York and studied under Eddie Torres. And I gotta say, I was the worst one in the class. So bad that they would kick me out and saying, look, you're not good for our school. And I would I'd have to stand outside the dance class just trying to figure out the movement. Um, tried it for years, begged him to be on his team. Um, he said, no, he's still not there yet. Um, joined another team 
And this is a part of me saying I'm not going to give up. Um, and I still was pretty bad at salsa dancing. But when they did lifts, oh boy, they did acrobatics that I could do. And my uh, teacher said, okay, um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have the beautiful dancers uh, look amazing for the first few minutes. And you're come on, you're going to lift my wife because we fight too much. Uh, and then you go off stage and then the dancers will come back on. It'll be great. And I used to get like, you know, travel around the world doing this uh, with this wonderful salsa dance company and just doing the tricks. And I thought to myself, huh, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe, maybe I was trying to do the wrong thing. Forget salsa dancing. I'm just going to do acrobatics. And then I met Zoe and then Zoe and I together, we started doing uh, really amazing shows. And then once we hit America's Got Talent, forget it. Then we started traveling the world. Um, and didn't look back for many, many years. It was very exciting. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, you know, I, I I really like your story because, you know, you're letting people know like, hey, you know, we didn't have everything absolutely perfect, but we went out there and we tried and we had a fun time and and you're going yeah. back. So I wish you the best of luck on that one as well. Yeah, I called, I called the producer up um, a few months ago. And I said, look, man, I got this great story. It's like I could barely move my arms for many, many months. And after a year of rehab, after COVID, I'm finally able to do maybe 70, 80 percent, maybe less of the, what I was doing. And I said, like, I want to come on the show. And he said, uh, the season's over. We already booked everybody but for next season for sure. So look out for me next year. Um, Zoe and I are going to come back. Definitely will. I definitely will. So also, um, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career that's so similar to yours? Yeah, anybody was for, for one, if it's something that I get that question a lot. And the thing I for among salsa dancers, they asked me because I was pretty successful in that dancing. Uh, I say, what what do you have to do to be successful? And I always say you have two choices. Do you want to make money or do you want to have fame? <laughs> or do you want to like be popular? Because they're different. If you want to make money, uh, you have to invest all your time into your dance school. I have a good friend who does that, who builds uh, Will Nieves from Nieves Dance Studio. He's doing fantastically well. Why? Because he creates a great community. But you can't put all your time into a school and then also and then your performance. It's often very different. Those people who just Swan fame, we were worldwide travelers, then just work on your craft and take as many private lessons as you can with the very best people. Don't try to do it yourself. You know, follow the trail that other people have left for you, like I did. I, I'm not especially um, talented, um, but I was smart to just take hundreds of hours, probably somewhere between five or six hundred hours of lessons to get as good as I got. And, um, and I'm still not done. I'm still taking lessons. I uh, still enjoy learning every time. So what advice? I'd say find the people who know what to do, uh, who, who have already um, taken the steps to be successful. Ask them how they do it and follow the trail. Don't make it up yourself. Okay. Great, great. So what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? It could be any type of resources, advice, people. I tell you, my favorite story, um, back when I started salsa dancing, I really thought I was amazing. And I had this like belief that I was great. And I videotaped my first show I did at my school. And when I saw it, I immediately sent it to my teacher and said, I'm done. I, I'm terrible. I thought it was good. But when I saw my video, this is horrible. And he... <laughs> 
this is a true story. And he spoke to me on the phone for many, many hours trying to convince me not to give up. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm giving up. And I was done. So he called me over the next three or four nights um, to, to just convince me, look, look, you're not done. You, you, you hit a roadblock. Now you know what you need to, you know, it's hard when you feel great and you hit, get hit with reality that you're not, but it doesn't mean it's over. It just means you have to work harder. That's exactly what I did. So I went from uh, just taking classes to starting taking ballet, uh, doing private movement lessons. And while never being um, necessarily a beautiful dancer, uh, I could hold my own on the, on the stage from the work that I took. And um, that had that uh that really came from my teacher believing in me and not letting me give up when i wanted to give up myself right right i love that okay so um what is one thing you wish you had known uh when you first began your career yeah i think which career the dance career the writing career the um yeah, you have I mean, many careers, so it's whatever which one you would like to pick. Yeah, I, um, well, first thing, my, probably my strongest passion is acrobatic dancing. I still, when I, before I go to sleep at night, I dream of new moves and I practice things in my head. That's still my, I'm almost 50 and, and still that drives me. That's wonderful. Day. So, um, when I look back and, so the question is, what what would I do? What did I wish I would know? Yeah, like what what what's one thing uh, you wish you had known when you first began your career? Because you know, a lot of people they say, well, if I would have knew, then I would have did things different. I think we all feel like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think for when it comes to the dancer, you know, I spent a lot of money um, trying to look like other people. And um, it would have been, I really could have condensed that money and did the le- private lessons rather than and, and get immediate feedback. I didn't start taking private lessons until maybe my eighth or ninth year of dancing. And at that point, I had spent many thousands of dollars that I could have better spent with just better information. Um, I'll tell you another thing that actually I did one when I was doing some, one of the things I did well was always go to teachers. Um, and the other thing I did well, I got lessons once from a, a my, my, my body wor- woman works for uh, my body. And she said, you know, I've worked with dancers for decades and all the dancers in their forties and fifties say the same thing. They said, if I could have spent half my time practicing less and rehabbing my body more, I would have done that. And I, I took that advice. And so in my early 30s, for the last two, every two weeks, I do some sort of form of body work, whether it's a lot of Pilates or massage. Um, and anytime there's an injury, I'll go to alternatives. Uh, I won't just simply do the physical therapy. I'll find um, acupuncture. I'll find whatever it's going to take um, to heal my body. And I wish I'd learned that earlier, but I also am proud that I spent 15, 17 years uh, doing that and I'm still doing acrobatic dance late into my 40s and I'm pretty sure that's because I took on the body work early okay so where do you see yourself in five years from now with your your um, dancing career uh, your author career you know you being probably like the light of some of the public schools in New York City as well 
Yeah, I have a whole bunch of projects. In five years, I would have four books now. I'd like to um, do a few more on what um, they're called Laughable Legends is the uh, middle school title. I have volume one and volume two. I'd like to have three, four, and five out by then. They're all just great short stories that get kids to laugh and think about social emotional issues, which is exciting to me. Um, I also started a goal curriculum for students where um, they pursue their own goals in, in school. And by doing that, they learn the skills that they can then pursue any goals they want in life. And I, I wrote the curriculum and by five years, I'd like it implemented and ideally sent around the world. Um, and then as an acrobatic dancer, I think I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve. There are a few more moves um, I would like to do, but I would um, sort of veer into um, comedy. I, I like when I, um, my partner and I, we argue a lot and it's, it can be very funny. Um, so, you know, when she's over my head and she has her left hand on my shoulder and I'm calling it and I have my right hand on her hip, you know, like, like the ice skaters do. I call it the right hand star. She calls it a left hand star and the um, that's just such a typical argument that people have that they're just presenting their own perspective and I think there's just great value in sharing some sort of relationship comedy about the conflicts that we have that are ultimately nothing um, but we make them out to be something as ego trips which I am guilty of and I hope to <laughs> I, I hope to uh, at my age you know, it's funny I, I had a older friend of mine when I was at America's Got Talent, we were um, rehearsing for the semifinals. And um, I saw that he was working with his partner and he wasn't fighting the way we were. And I asked him, I said, how do you do that? I couldn't, not, I was 35 or maybe I was, maybe I was 38 at the time or 39, something like that. And I asked him, um, how do you do that? And he said, Dave, I'm 55. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I understood it as a concept. But certainly when you get older, the things that seem to be so important and that you'll fight for, you let go for the larger sake of being happy and just, you know, it's Absolutely. not so... Absolutely, I agree. I wasn't able to do that in my earlier age. Certainly able to do that now. I think um, I'm 38, so I think some of the things that I thought were so important when, like 10 years ago when I was 28, I didn't even blink an eye <laughs> now. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I think more now is my peace of mind and happiness is the biggest thing that is something that I'm chasing. Yeah, and I think you find the best piece of happiness when you let things go. Absolutely. And... Absolutely. Because a lot of people think holding on is like the best thing and i'm like holding on can do so much damage sometimes the best thing to do is to let it go <laughs> you know so um also uh what are you working on besides i know you stated that you know for volume four and five will be coming out you know sometime probably this year or next year in a couple of years um also we're supposed to be looking out for you on America's Got Talent. Do you have any other uh, things that you're working on that the viewers can, you know, keep up to date and try to see your other projects? Yeah, the other project I have, I'm trying, trying to bring the nonviolent communication um, that we talked about earlier um, in the schools 
I'd like to make that available for dancers. That I noticed the last night I was working with a couple um, that were just struggling back and forth over the simplest um, argument. And I know I'd made that same mistake so much that um, I know I could help others. So yeah, very soon there'll be a, a compassionate communication course for, for dancers um, that I think applies for everybody. But you know, I, I work with a lot of couples who are about to get married because the very big thing is to have your wedding dance and have it be beautiful. And that's a lot of stress. And I can tell immediately which marriages are going to work and which ones are not. <laughs> that's <very good. laughs> that's a, a good, good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. And, and in it, um, I really wish us like, you know, can we put this lesson aside? And what we really need to do is what does it mean to just feel, express your feelings, express your feelings without dominating someone else's reality and then be willing to hear somebody else. And if we set those parameters up, so much healing can be done um, and communication can be done. And I know it, I've seen it, but it takes a facilitator. So I, because um, we're not taught this and we need to be taught this. Uh, very, our, our, our part of our brains that are uh, dominating uh, conflict, you know, once we're a little bit stressed, goes right out from our rational mind and straight into survival mode absolutely i agree with you wholeheartedly oh my gosh doesn't really work well for conflict resolution (laughs) you know it sounds like just sitting here and like interviewing you i'm like wow did he ever think about like you know counseling people like i don't know it just seems like you have the answer to everything it's wonderful it's like a (laughs) great card I do do life coaching. Most of the coaching, I have a few clients that are adults, but most of the coaching I do is with um, students. So uh, it's my, I'm primarily a middle school life coach. And I, it's funny, at middle school, it's a little bit different than when working with adults. Um, When working with students, it's at that age, they want to be a part of the process. And the best advice for them usually comes from their peers. So as in a classroom, I set that up so that um, there's a community. And from the community, often so many things are solved because when you feel belonging and you have connection and you have a, a place to, to be heard, so much healing does happen. So it looks a little different in middle school than it does for adults, but I do both. That's excellent. I, I believe that... Um sometimes kids we need coaching and direction too not everybody is blessed with you know a family or parents who are able to actually direct them and give them the good skills i mean i was but i know a lot of people that really needed that and they couldn't get it so i think that's excellent especially with the generations to come you know because healing is something that I believe everybody needs to do in order to be able to move forward. So I really like that idea. Um, also, let's switch gears a little bit um, before we end the show. I just wanted to get a little bit more in depth with the 13 DVDs that you have. What's more? What is that? I, I want to get a little bit into that. I'm DVDs, but I, um, I still say it because pretty proud of it. Uh, back in 2000, um, I was one of the people who knew the most uh, salsa turn patterns. Um, and a friend of mine uh, did, did very well with some instruction DVDs. And I thought, what market can I corner? And I started out doing a DVD series called Salsa for Gringos. So, or Salsa for uh, people with two left feet. And I was like, well, I'm white. And, um, 
and and it did okay it was it, it was not too bad um and then i was thinking well what else do i do well but people love to lift their partners you know like so many um other could be any of the followers or females usually who want to be dipped or want to be lifted and i thought i'm going to build a market for that so i created nine different instructional dvds just for uh lifting your partner and um those did very very well throughout the uh 2000s and, and dance conventions and i went around the world and my my passion for that is i'd love to do it equally if not more i love teaching and i love seeing people um because it's technique you know if my partner's 100 pounds and she lifts me which is like two and a half times her weight clearly technique is involved it doesn't mean the strength doesn't help but teaching how to work in partnership is one of my um both verbally but then also through the body is just a wonderful way to um build connection and growth and um it's a good good time to be had for all those dvds you can see on myquest.co uh, um or you can just contact me on the website paradisodance.com or uh, or email me or facebook you could not too hard to find <laughs> <laughs> okay well lastly can you um you know just share with the viewers your social media facebook things of that nature i know we have your youtube and the other um your website but you know social media is where everybody you know connects nowadays <laughs> so linkedin instagram facebook it's just look up david paris books um and you'll and youtube and uh, there's these great animation if you do know 13 year olds or 12 year olds even 11 10 year olds there are these great uh, short stories that i animated um on the on YouTube. So if you look up David Paris books or Laughable Legends, you'll see some of those stories on me. They're very very funny, I think. I think and uh, I think you'll like them. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. My daughter, she's 14. Uh, uh she's always looking for stuff like this, you know. So she'll definitely look into that. Um well, I just want to thank you so much, David, um for joining us. It was a pleasure speaking to you. I've learned so much about you. Um And I definitely will be keeping up uh you know with the Joneses checking your YouTube things of that nature and I definitely will be looking out for you on America's Got Talent. So I know you said on YouTube uh I can find some of your past shows on there, right? Yeah, if you look up uh Paradiso Dance, P A R A D I Z O dance.com, you'll see two of the successful um You'll see two of the successful America's Got Talent videos that that were there. The ones that the one we got. You have to look. You have to scroll down further to find the one we didn't pass on. Um, and you'll see. Uh, you'll see. I think something like twenty or thirty different shows we did over the years. And um, you can also look at our website, ParadisoDance.com. Um, that's for Zoe. That's for Zoe and I. And then also, um, if you're interested in the books, uh, there are lots of great videos on on my website, DavidParisBooks.com. All right. Well. Thank you so much. That's all folks. The show has come to an end. So you know the drill. You can catch me on the show every 2 weeks on a Sunday. My social media is Instagram, sorry. You know that when I get so excited, I start getting tongue tied. All the viewers who are listening, they know that. So um yeah, you can catch me on Instagram, uh Spiritual Jada, Twitter, Wicked Wisdom 7, and you also can email me um at spiritual dot jada at gmail.com all right well it's been a blessing i see everybody soon and stay well bye